Hi, this is Nancy Bender, a proud listener of the Mike Novak Show from Chicago's Edgewater West. You're listening to 1590 WCGO, Chicago Smart Talk. The Mike Novak Show starts in 3, 2, 1. Do you think a, the sound of a washing machine is loud or disruptive? Not particularly. Okay. What about, say, like an air horn? You're getting there. Okay. Uh, Mr. Chair, I'd ask for unanimous consent to sound an air horn in committee. Uh, is there objection to the gentleman's demonstration? Hearing no objection, the gentleman may, may demonstrate. Was that disruptive, uh, Mr. Oliver? So it was irritating, but I, don't, I didn't find it particularly disruptive. Yeah. About every, say, 10 seconds, uh, like seismic air gun blasting uh, goes on for, for days, weeks, months. If I were that close to it, yeah, probably. Yeah. What if you depended on uh, sound for hunting your food and for communication? Do you think it would be disruptive? At a distance of 20 feet, yes, it would be. How much louder do you think? seismic air gun blasting sounds than this air horn you just heard? I honestly don't know. Take a guess. Ten times? At a distance of how far? Well, say, say, say you're within a reasonable distance. Say you're within a quarter of a mile. Is it ten times? Twenty-five times? You think it's a thousand times, times louder? I doubt it. Doubt it. What if I were to tell you it's 16,000 times louder than what you just heard here? Can you see how that would be impactful on marine species and mammals? It's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. Green, gardening, and environment radio. Flavored with a dash of humor. Welcome to intelligent, irreverent talk about plants and the planet they grow on. Your questions, comments, and participation are always welcome at 877-711-5611. Planets are hard to find. Temperate zones and tropic climes. And true currents and thriving seas. Wind blowing through breathing trees. Strong ozone and safe sunshine. Well, good planets are hard to find. Good planets. This hour is brought to you by. Bartlett Tree Experts. Every tree needs a champion. Go to Bartlett.com. And by Happy Leaf LED Grow Lights. USA made with a five-year warranty. Jumpstart your plants with better light. And here they are, Peggy Malecki and Mike Novak. Okay, I just wanted to uh, call attention to the uh, little bit we did at the top of the show. And good morning. Good morning. Um, and and I, I found this a couple of weeks ago. I was uh, cruising uh, the various news media and saw uh, an article in the Washington Post uh, about a hearing on the threat seismic testing poses to North Atlantic right whales. Um, And this representative, Joe Cunningham, a Democrat of South Carolina, pulled out the air horn and and he reaches, (laughs) 
I love the fact he goes, do you mind if I uh, uh, blow an air horn in committee? He's like reaching under the table. And he goes, oh, and here's the air horn. Mm-hmm. And you could see everybody going, uh-oh. And uh, there were no objections. And, of course, uh, when he did it, it uh, <laughs> sounded something like that. Um, and basically, it was um, because there was a uh, an administration official testifying in this hearing that firing commercial air guns underwater every 10 seconds in search of oil and gas deposits over a period of months would have next to no effect on the endangered animals, which use eco or echolocation to communicate, feed, mate, and keep track of their babies. And it's why the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration gave five companies permission to conduct tests that could harm the whales last year, said the official, Chris Oliver, uh, who is an assistant administrator for fisheries. And so this um, congressman, this congressman, uh, Representative Joe Cunningham, pulled out the horn and he blew it a couple of times. No, actually, he only did it once. I'm doing it a bunch of times. And he said that the, the blasts in the ocean would be 17 thousand times louder than that horn carrying through the water right and you know what a horn sounds like because you carry one of those on your boats don't you you guys got to have those there don't you we use them uh, with racing we use them to start the races all right so you don't have one on the boat not on small boats oh okay well you don't like carry one in your purse I don't carry a purse. Oh, well, there you go. Especially at a boat. In your hip pocket. All right. I got a sign here. But I I can bring one into the studio. Ah, okay. And here we are. This is going to the Chicago Flower and Garden Show. We'll be talking a little bit about that this uh, show today. Um, And it starts this week, runs uh, Wednesday through Sunday. And this is for the Chicago Excellence in Gardening Awards. We've got a little display at the Chicago Flower and Garden Show. And the awards are happening again this year, the third year running of Chicago Excellence in Gardening Awards that started right here, right here on this radio show. And, so start uh, planning now. I mean, you've got photos. Ooh, got, look at all, look at this Photos big from last year. Photos of last, you can't see them on, uh, on the Facebook, uh, but there you go. So that means we're talking gardening. Uh, on the show today, at least the first part, yeah. we have the backyard farmer. Dan Gibbs. He is in the house. In fact, he's sitting out there right now. And as soon as we go to a commercial break here, uh, we will bring him in and we'll talk about planting your garden for the season. It's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. Stick around. This is Peggy Malecki. Are you ready to take your indoor gardening to the next level? Then you need to download the Anywhere, Anytime garden booklet from HappyLeafLED.com. You'll learn about lighting and troubleshooting and get advice from the pros about getting your seeds started. You'll also find recipes to enjoy the food you've grown indoors. Go to HappyLeafLED.com and click on the microphone to download the beta version. Jumpstart your seedlings with better light. HappyLeafLED.com. 
You can't count on the weather in this town, but when spring arrives, you can count on the Chicago Flower and Garden Show to make an appearance. March 20th through 24th, it's Flower Tales. The story grows on at Navy Pier. Once again, literature is seen through the prism of flowers, plants, and gardens. More than 20 featured display gardens, garden gourmet, daily free kids activities, the marketplace, and more. We're broadcasting live from the show on Sunday morning, so stop by. Go to chicagoflower.com for details. That sound you hear is my time machine letting me know it's time to return to our own world. This is your talk, WCGO. Hang on. Are, are those strawberries or lingonberries? Those are uh, mulberries. Mulberries. Oh, yeah. wait, they're cranberries. Ah, there we go. And it's in honor of a certain day where they're having a certain parade, and that's all I'm going to say about it. Welcome back to the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. Uh, we're, uh, we're getting into the gardening season, folks. It's actually started to get a little bit warmer here in the heartland. And, uh, boy, unfortunately, and we'll talk to our meteorologist later in the show about rain events and, uh, what do they call it? A, um, it was a bomb. The, 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 bomb what's cyclone. not the snow, cy- bomb cyclone. Bomb cyclone. I couldn't yes. remember the last word. I know, I know. Bomb, something, bomb. something bomb. Yeah, right. Bomb cyclone in the heartland, uh, middle of the country. And they're still, wow. They've got water everywhere. And it was weird path and it, skipped us mm-hmm. which i'm grateful for we got winds and we got some rain but not nothing like nebraska and nothing wisconsin like iowa got snow wisconsin and wisconsin well it's they get snow that's what they get <laughs> uh but that is actually a sign that spring is on the way and uh it means you got to start planting your garden we've we've been talking seeds on the show we had the wisconsin mm-hmm. vegetable gardener on the show and they talked they looked back at last year said what didn't work you know the you will appreciate this and by the way we have the backyard farmer in studio dan gibbs how are you dan i'm doing great i'm super excited to be here uh and um you will appreciate this. The Wisconsin Vegetable Gardener was here, and there's two of them, but they call themselves the Wisconsin Vegetable Gardener. And we asked them what went wrong last year because they wanted to talk about some of the things that happened in 2018 that didn't work. And we said, what went wrong? And they said, time management. And you're nodding because that is often mm-hmm. something that goes wrong, isn't it? It is. It's, you know, it, it's, there's some complex planning that's involved. Yeah. If you want to have a, a, an excellent garden. Correct. You, you gotta, you gotta see, and this is why I never have an excellent garden. I have a garden and sometimes we get great crops. Uh, is it, is it really productive and is it, uh, really organized? No, no, that's not the way I roll. Okay. okay. This yeah. is, uh, there's, there's a, there's Stream lots of, of consciousness gardens. It's it. It's just like my life. It's like my radio show. It's like the things I write for Chicagoland Gardening Magazine. It's all stream of consciousness. So that means it's an art form. Sometimes though. the stuff is brilliant and sometimes it's an <laughs> utter disaster. Uh, but you're all about make evening things out and making sure that, uh, everything, uh, that, that you plan well and you execute well and then you harvest well. That's what I like to do, and it's worked out well for me. Well, see, and, 
Whoa, okay. <laughs> that, that was, was that, that was by of stream of consciousness. <laughs> I didn't do that. It just it did it by itself. I think I, I accidentally hit something here. I got to be careful what's up there. Okay, didn't mean to give you the air horn there. <laughs> uh, but but it may show up later in the show. If you know if if I have to call a timeout, if I have to call a timeout, I just hit that. Okay, okay I'll pay attention. All right. Um, and now I've lost my train of thought. See, this is, this is me. It's, it's, but it's about getting organized. And a couple of friends of mine went to one of your presentations recently. As a matter of fact, I went online, you sent me some videos of it. It's up on YouTube. Mm -hmm. If you go to MikeNovak.net, M-I-K-E-N-O-W-A-K.net, look at the show, uh, from March 17th. And there's a link to the videos. And I looked at the videos and there were my friends. <laughs> there's yeah, I was like, hey, I know those people. Uh, yeah, there's, there they are. There's Kathleen and Mac. And Mac actually asked a really good question that I am going to follow up on um, because you, uh, you, you answered it well. But I, I was so impressed. Mac, give yourself a ding because that was a great question. So you, you did this presentation on planning your garden yes, um, or your farm, and, and you call yourself a farmer. That's because you actually were a farmer. So give me a little background. Um, I think that's where I was going is that you're so organized because you come by it honestly. You're an MBA, and you, 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 you were, you're an airline pilot, and then you ran a CSA. And see, and already I just want to go into fetal position here, okay, <laughs> because you have so many accomplishments. You know, it um it's it's been a little bit of a wild ride and uh, you know as you know kind of I, I i look back as to you know the different things i've done over the years but it's all brought me right where i am right now so i never would have had a farm in wisconsin if i wasn't flying airplanes in wisconsin and so the you know the the process why, why were you flying planes in Wisconsin? Um there is in Sheboygan County uh, a good size airport that a lot of corporates fly out of and they needed a chief flight instructor. And so I signed up for the job and I spent a few years there running their flight school and teaching. Now was that a full-time job or a part-time job? It was a full-time job. So why did you get an MBA and then go become an airline pilot? So the MBA came later. Uh, uh, okay. The, okay. Uh, when I was flying out of the Sheboygan Airport, uh, we we bought a farm in that county, and so it was while I was flying that I really picked up on this love of gardening, which then turned into a love of gardening at a very large scale. So you were working, you're, you're flying in a Sheboygan and you, you get involved in a CSA up there and you work with them for a year and you go, hey, I can do this. That's exactly right. <laughs> and did you already have the land or did you go out and look for the land? No, we, we had the land. We, we bought the property um, on the west side of Sheboygan County only because it was an absolutely beautiful place to live. It was uh, right on the edge of the Kettle Moraine State Forest. Mm -hmm. and I know the area. Yeah. And so we we uh, lived on that property. And, uh, you know, after a short amount of time, you know, we realized we could easily be growing on this property. And so you did. And you were successful in the CSA. And then you ran that for how many years? Five years or yeah, so? Yeah, five years. Yeah. 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 Uh, and then he said, "Ah, I'm going to move back to Illinois." That's that's exactly right. You know, right around you know the 2009-2010, the economy was a little bit rough for farmers, whether you were growing organically or CSA or supplying restaurants. And I had an opportunity to come back down to Chicago, where I'm from, and um, work back in the corporate world. And so I took it. 
and here you are. And so you came back to Illinois, and then you got involved in other organizations where these skills come to play. Um, and uh, and one of them is the one that uh, put up the uh, the video. That which is the Oak Park organization. That's exactly right. It's called the Deep Roots Project of Oak Park, and they are a very powerful ally to uh, gardeners in the western suburbs in that, you know, they really put a lot of information out there and they make it real easy for folks to learn about specifically growing food on their own property. Uh-huh. And uh, and you also became involved with another group called uh, Big Green, which used to be called the Kitchen Community. We've had them on the show mm-hmm. before. We'll get to them in a little bit as well uh, because they've got a, a Plant a Seed Day yeah. coming up on this 20th. week on the yeah. 20th. Uh, and you guess what? Even if you're hearing this uh, on delay and you, you hear this later, it's not too late to plant a seed. <laughs> if it's if it's the 24th, that's fine. Go plant a seed. All right. Uh, and there's events kind of all over the country, that's, not just on yeah, the 20th. That's correct. Yeah, it's yeah. you know, but the the whole movement is specifically around the plant a seed day to get that awareness for you know people to know the importance of just getting a seed in the ground and seeing what it can do. So you should know that, folks, that you can find all the information, all these groups, on my website, MikeNovak.net. Go to uh, this week's show. And, uh, again, uh, for uh, – and I I realize I'm going to start giving the dates. So for um, March 17th, because that's the one you want to track down. And you will see Dan's lovely visage there uh, uh, (laughs) on the blog. So let's – Let's start at the beginning, okay, folks? All right, if you you got your gardens here and your seeds are already growing, or maybe they're not. Um, maybe you need to listen to Dan first before you decide what seeds you're going to start indoors. Although I know we've started our tomato seeds. Mm-hmm. Um, they have not germinated yet, I'm telling you, but they're... They've been in the, the little containers for a week, so we'll see. Any day now. Any day. They're going to pop up. I just up. started my peppers <clears throat> and tomatoes yesterday. Uh, Perfect. Your timing's right on. Uh, so. And uh, we have our Happy Leaf LED grow lights, um, which we love. And once they germinate, they're going to be doing doing fantastic. Uh, <laughs> That's our, oh, no. Oh, oh, no. What the hell? Wait a minute. They're going to. All right. Time out. Uh, so. When I was looking at some of your videos, um, you basically boil it down to know your seasons. <laughs> and 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 a lot of f- folks will say, well, there's a growing season and then there's the winter. And that's the way it works in the Midwest. But actually, you divide it into the spring, summer and fall season or three. It, it, maybe that's not mm-hmm. exactly right, but three seasons. How would you define those seasons? Yeah. Um, and uh... You know, and this is something that I, I picked up specifically from commercially growing, and this is kind of how commercial growers look at it. But you have your early season, your mid-season, and your late season, which, you know, kind of starts in March and goes all the way through Thanksgiving. So rather than looking at your growing season as, you know, tomatoes in the ground after Mother's Day and everything's coming out after after your first frost, you can really look at your garden season as three specific time periods where different things thrive. And and if you keep that in your mind when you're planting, um, you really can have a successful garden because you're growing what's appropriate for that time period. Okay. And how do you determine what's appropriate for the time period? 
So, like, just to start start off in the early period, you think about what are the plants that really like the cool weather, and what you're going to find are going to be your leafy greens, and a lot of times. These are leafy greens that don't care if there's a frost. They don't care if it freezes. You know, mm-hmm. you could also be thinking in terms of, you know, your spring onions. But when I speak... Radishes. Radishes. You know, cabbage family. Anything in the cabbage family, when you have the the cool portion of the early season, they they don't care. And, it you know, they actually thrive during this time because... You don't have that worry about that bolting of the plant, you know, yeah. once you get into the warm. Well, that's seasons. the whole point about doing the early, you know, keeping the weather cool. Right. Is the whole the whole goal is to keep the thing from bolting. So if you're like me and you plant them in uh, uh, when it's a cool uh, spell in early May, and then and then they bolt, uh, you know, as soon as it gets warm, you go, no, wait, I should have planted that two months ago. Okay, uh, uh, right. Although it right. varies by year too. It does. It's true. You kind of you have to be you have to be a little flexible with it. And I, I think, you know, when I'm speaking with groups um, about learning, you know, I l- like to have them think of their garden as more of an experiment than something that's really rigid. You know, if you if you start getting into this mindset as to my garden was a success or a failure and no gray area in between, that takes all the fun out of it. Oh, yeah. No, 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 no. You can't do that because, as I mentioned earlier, sometimes there's there are huge successes wonderful successes and what is frustrating is that something right next to it is an abysmal failure sure and you go well why are you doing so well and why are you not doing well at all and i've had those sure and and even from year to year um a couple of years ago i had great success growing cantaloupes Mm -hmm. and 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 i you know that was like the coolest thing ever happened in my life it's uh Oh my goodness. And we brought these cantaloupes in and we cut them open and we went, Oh my goodness. They're perfect. They're, and they taste so good. This is amazing. I didn't know you could do this in your backyard. Um, and actually I did know that, but I had not done it myself. Uh, last year, not so much. They okay. weren't, they were not as successful. Um, and although we did have a couple, uh, and, and they grew on the fence and they, it, those were, we had, you know, it's, and again, that's the point. It's not, everything is mm-hmm. wonderful. It's sort of like you, you, you grab your victories and, and, and cheer them on and look at your defeats and try to figure out what went wrong. That's it. That's the whole kind of science experiment yeah. way of looking at it. Uh, okay. So we're looking at the weather we have now. You can, you, you, you can just feel it. You're looking at the forecast by the end of the week, fifties some sun and you know things are going to start growing and you know the you can tell the bulbs in your your, your yard are starting to come up there mm-hmm. they they did earlier and then the tops of them are all frozen and yellow mm-hmm. now because snowdrops are it's starting really to bloom. been it's right. been kind of a brutal winter here um so what are you using as an indicator that I, you're going to put your cold or cool weather plants in the ground so what it, where I kind of start thinking about the the spring garden is uh, you know I'll come out you know when you start getting those sunny sunny days and the and the weather's warming up and I think about what is my organic matter in the garden and I think that's how food growers think because you know every year your organic matter is predictably getting less if you're not adding to it or you're mm-hmm. not supplementing it so you know before I start thinking about planting, I start thinking about what my soil content kind of looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, once I have that underway, you know, 
you know, like Peggy had said earlier, you know, you start thinking about radishes, you start thinking about onions, mm -hmm. and you start thinking about those greens that you could, you know, direct seed into your garden that will predictably do well now that, you know, the temperatures are staying a little on the warmer side. Well, let's get specific here. Okay. What, what would you put in the ground this week? I would, you know, I would put in salad mix specifically. Um, so it would be probably three or four different types of lettuce that I would kind of pre-mix and I would draw a straight line and put about a half inch wide band about um, three quarters of an inch below the surface. And when you say salad mix, what, mm -hmm. what would be in that salad mix? So I like to do kind of a pre-mix of, of a red, a green, maybe a romaine, and then you know, possibly some kind of an oak leaf. So you have like a real nice variety in there, but nothing in the mezclin or, or arugula family, just straight lettuce. Um, and you know, if you seed it heavily, it'll germinate well, you don't have to thin it, um, and it's one of those things that you'll be able to Ooh, go. Ooh, that's the best part. You don't have to thin that it. That you don't have to thin <laughs> it. You can go on out there and harvest, uh, yeah, and it'll, you know, it'll cut back after cutting. All right. You hear that music? That means they're going to take a short break, but we're going to come back with Dan Gibbs, the backyard farmer. Hey, if you got a question, give us a call, 877-711-5611. Uh, you're welcome to be part of the conversation. When we come back, actually... I'm going to back up one more little point, and that's about talk about soil at this time of year and how you know it's ready for planting. It's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. Get ready to eat, meet, and be thoughtful at Family Farms' 15th Annual Good Food Expo. It's your chance to connect with Midwest farmers and producers, learn from chefs like Erling Wu Bauer and Gene Banchett, and eat delicious food in the Good Food Court. Entry is free with online registration. The Good Food Commons is back, as is Test Your Soil. Good Food happens Saturday, March 23rd at the UIC Forum in Chicago. Visit goodfoodexpo.org. You can enjoy fresh local food all winter long at Indoor Farmers Markets, hosted by different Chicagoland houses of worship on select Saturdays and Sundays from now through April 6th. Your purchase of sustainably produced food helps support regional farm families. The markets are organized by Faith in Place, a nonprofit which inspires people of all faiths to care for the earth through education, connection, and advocacy. For a market schedule, go to faithinplace.org. Stay in touch with The Mike Novak Show. Find us on Facebook at The Mike Novak Show. Use the Twitter handle at Mike Now. Send us a photo on Instagram at The Mike Novak Show or write to us, Mike at MikeNovak.net. We're also at TheGreenDivas.com and on the Gab Radio Network. Podcasts and blog posts are available every week at MikeNovak.net. Sign up for posts in our newsletter on the homepage and support the sponsors who support us. Look for their logos and specials at MikeNovak.net. Sailing in a strange boat Heading for a strange shore We're sailing in a strange boat Heading for a strange shore Carrying the strangest cargo that was Ever hauled aboard Ah, yes, the Water Boys. Here's another tribute mm -hmm. to that day. And they have their air horns ready, too. Uh, do they, do they, no, I'm not going to go with that at the moment. Oh, oh they do, though, yeah. but they, they probably, in, if they're in a strange boat, uh, they're definitely going to have an air horn. All right, we're going to get back to our guest, 
Dan Gibbs, the backyard farmer, however, got a minute for your trees. Bartlett Tree Experts has some early spring tree care tips. Over the winter, low temperatures, heavy snow, and ice storms could have caused all kinds of tree damage, including plant tissue death from extremely low temperatures, desiccation of plant tissue or winter drying, stem splitting or frost cracks, breakage from snow and ice accumulation, de-icing salt injury, and the perennial favorite, browsing injury from deer and rodents. Yay. Oh, and, dear. And you just got um, a message from Scott Jameson yeah. at uh, Bartlett Tree Experts. Yes, and he says to check your trees for broken branches from the heavy snowfall and ice that we had this winter. Okay. So, and that's the point uh, that I'm telling you about here. Symptoms of winter injury often don't appear until spring, so susceptible plants should be inspected now and monitored through full leaf expansion. Trees and shrubs with brown foliage should not be pruned now because, you know, a lot of people will panic. Oh, my gosh, there's brown. Ah, and, and sometimes, <laughs> well, yeah, that's what happens after winter. There's often brown. Uh, but they, sh- this winter. they shouldn't be pruned now because many plants will sprout new growth on injured twigs and branches as the weather warms. So be a little bit patient. Do the inspection now. You know, it's like measure twice and cut once. Uh, if you're worried about salt accumulation in the soil, get a soil test. You can treat areas that are regularly exposed to de-icing salts with gypsum before winter. And if you have any questions, schedule a visit by a Bartlett Arborist representative, because whether it's winter or spring, every tree needs a champion. Go to Bartlett.com. Welcome back to the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. As I mentioned, we've got the backyard farmer in the studio, Dan mm-hmm. Gibbs. And uh, again, your questions welcome at 877-711-5611. We got a comment from a listener, okay, Jessica, who says, I planted a bunch of cool season stuff in the garden yesterday. Radish, spinach, spinach lettuce, and mustard and turnips. It sounds like Jessica knows exactly what she's doing because those are all items that will will actually thrive in this weather and you've got a nice long chunk of time for for those plants to actually grow and mature. That's right. I mean, if you're getting them in in March, mm-hmm. chances are they're going to mature and you're going to be harvesting and you're going to have a lot to harvest before it gets too warm. Although you never know. It could be 80 in two weeks. Uh, it, it's hard to tell. Uh, but, uh, yeah. we, you know. What, what about soil temps, though? Is it where, especially if your garden is a little bit more shaded or you had a lot of snow cover, is it too early, perhaps? You know, it might be if you did have it, you know, and there are definitely areas in the shadows, you know, where I see, you know, around the west side of Chicago where there is still snow sitting, you know. Mm-hmm. So we, we may still be in that in that time frame where if you're not getting that direct sunlight, you may, it may be a little bit too early for you and you want to be aware of that. But if you do have a garden space that's getting that direct sunlight. The The soil is warming. You know, for those early season and very quick crops, you're you're definitely approaching that time where you can start direct seeding them in. And that's the question I was going to ask before mm-hmm. the break, which is the, it's related to that, which is to say, all right, um, my backyard is on the north side of my house. Mm-hmm. So half of the yard is still in shade at this time of year. Uh, I don't have the snow and ice anymore, but there are parts of the ground that might still be frozen. 
Um, how do you know? And and there are other parts of the ground, and you know that at this time of year, especially if you've had uh, snow and ice in the winter, um, it's a little mucky. It's mm-hmm. a little wet. Um, what? How do you treat those areas? Uh, do you just wait, or do you do you uh, uh, amend with uh, with organic matter, or what? Yeah, I mean, and I I think. F- for me and with what I've done in the past, I wouldn't be rushing to get into the garden if it's still too wet to work. Um, you do have, you know, you know, farmers in general, if it's too wet for them to get their machines in, then they have to sit it out. And in, I kind of look at a garden the same way. If the soil is, you know, not in a state where you can actually work it, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not going to let myself have that kind of tension where I feel like I need to get in by a certain date. Okay. So be cool about it. And so what are you, what are you advising? Wait until the ground is friable. That is to say it's not muck and it's not sand. It's not too dry. It's somewhere in between. I I think, I think that's a great way to look at it. And during that time that your garden, you know, maybe too wet or mucky to work in, there's plenty other stuff you could be doing for your garden. You could be starting transplants inside. You could be, you know, thinking about what your amendments are that you want to add as soon as you can work the soil. You know, you definitely could be, um, you know, aerating the garden a bit, you know, to where, you know, you're, you know, maybe stepping on a digging fork and just opening up some channels for that water to to drain out. Your garden's going to be compacted in the beginning of the spring. It's had the weight of water and snow on it for months now. And so you're going to kind of want to open up those those air channels and bring your garden back to life a little bit. Uh, what if you have a raised bed? And I know one of the things we should, I don't want to ignore the fact that uh, one of the things you do is you have clients and you go out and help them create vegetable gardens, mm-hmm. uh, vegetable farms in their backyards. And a lot of the ways you do that is, is one of the ways you do that is to create raised beds. Yes. Let's say you got a raised bed. I would, and especially if it's in the sun, uh, I'm guessing that you could probably, uh, you're probably ready to, to plant here at this time of year. I, I think you're exactly right because those raised beds, especially in you've, if you have them in, you know, a nice area that's getting some direct sunlight, that the the soil mix that you have in a raised bed is built to drain and it drains well. So you're not necessarily going to have that puddling or pooling of water. It's not going to be mucky. The water should have kind of moved through it and back down to the ground. And so you may actually have a great workable space mm-hmm. in your in your raised bed already. And then you're just ready to go. Now, uh let's well, let's stay on raised beds for a sure. second. Um You've, uh, in a raised bed, you've brought in amended soil. There's no way you can have a raised bed without bringing in soil from elsewhere. So you've soil, compost, whatever mix you put in there. And by the way, what kind of a mix do you like for raised beds? You know, um, I like a, a, um, one thing I've used very well is what's called a, it's called the purple cow mix, which is Mm -hmm. a, uh, soil mix. You know, that I've bought specifically, uh, at a large supply store. Well, we, we got to give them a, all right, okay. uh, Sandy Seberg. Uh, there's another plug for Purple Cow. Okay, and uh, you know, so that's that's kind of been my go-to item when it comes to um, garden mixes, which like is a that. specific product. Now, do you do you mm-hmm. use it as is, uh, or do you amend it? You know, I don't amend it to start. 
Um, but you know, what I do do is when I'm adding soil into my raised beds, I make sure that there's, you know, a nice solid layer of gravel at the bottom so that the water actually has a place to go and then the soil mix. And then once, um, you know, we get it planted, you know, if amendments need to take place specific to the crop, then I, I go from there, but I don't, you know, to amend your soil before you see what it does kind of, to me, feels like adding salt to your food before you've tasted mm-hmm. it. Ah, okay. That's a really good point. Uh, and uh, You got that quote, Ellie? <laughs> yeah. She's going to tweet that one out. Oh, okay. <laughs> and, I just, and I just clicked on the Backyard Farmer, of course, and got a 404 error here, so I got to go back to my blog. And uh, so, give us, give me the website for that. So the the website is going to be www.chicagobackyardfarmer.com. Maybe that's why. Okay, backyard typing in right now. Dot com. Dot com. Correct. Uh, and that should bring it up, and there it is. Uh, and folks uh, who are in the Chicago area can take advantage of you do. Consultation and design, mm-hmm. installation and maintenance, education and support, uh, on and on and on. So you're 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 not just teaching people how to, to farm and to garden. You're you're helping them along the way. That's true. I, I I like to think that I'm trying to do both. But the education piece to me is really a lot of fun. Being able to talk to people who oftentimes are at a level of frustration about their gardening. Um, it's really nice to try to help them simplify it. All right. What kind of frustration do people experience you know you may have people who you know are saying things you know my neighbor grows great tomatoes i can't grow a tomato well it turns out their garden space might be somewhat shaded or they may have you know a high nitrogen content in their soil so they're growing these big beautiful tomatoes where's that nitrogen coming from if they have high nitrogen content if they'd been amending it you know kind of without thinking about the crop and what it needs Mm mm-hmm so if, you know, if they had been purchasing, you know, amendments and just adding them to the soil, thinking that more is better, um, you know, they may have soil that's not built for the crop they're trying to grow. I would think, though, that most people who are starting have poor nitrogen content rather than too much nitrogen content. That's true. As long as they as long as they have an added thinking that that's something they need to do. So, you know, the. The level of gardener that I find myself talking to a lot is someone who has a real high level of interest and may have, you know, some good garden skill. But, you know, there's that anxiety about what do I do next? And that's kind of what I try to help with. All right. I'm, I'm going to keep you on. We're going to okay. to, to, to the end of the hour. So so we yeah, got to be There's a few more things there's to a, ask you about. There's a few yes. more things to get to. And, and one of those things is the transition. Uh, and, and that's something you're referring to. And one of the things you do you talk about is... Uh, going from the early garden to the mid garden and uh, swapping out plants. How, how do you prepare for that? So, you know, when you're going from the early to the mid, you know, part of the fun of gardening is being able to harvest as ready. And so as something's coming out, you know, let's say you have a, a row of salad that's coming out. After that comes out, you can go ahead and incorporate the organic matter and Think about what's going next. You don't necessarily have to add something right away, but let's say your spring salad can come out. You might just want to prep it for, you know, your early summer, you know, eggplant, tomato, Mm -hmm. you know, type of thing. The good thing about your residues from your salad 
is you're not going to be adding any additional nitrogen to the soil. And that's something that your tomatoes... Why not? Well, because that's just not a residue that they leave, um, the, the salads. And so you'll end up with tomatoes and peppers that you know, will kind of thrive after that. You're saying that the, the, the salads will, you can incorporate them into the soil and they provide nourishment for the plants that are following. That's correct. Okay. All right. That's Stan Gibbs, Backyard Farmer. We got more. It's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. Hey, this is Peggy, and I'm here to tell you about Natural Awakenings Chicago Magazine, your independent go-to resource for everyday wellness. Natural Awakenings is still the greenest, healthiest magazine in the Chicago area. For more than eight years, we've been helping you find ideas and resources to lead a healthier, more fulfilling, and sustainable lifestyle. Each month, we take a fresh look at nutrition, wellness, fitness, complementary medicine, personal growth, and green living. Natural Awakenings includes great articles about raising healthy kids, too. And we include lots of ideas for your home, your garden, and taking care of our planet. If you like good food, you'll love our tasty recipes and meal ideas. And check out our monthly calendar. It's full of local events to keep you inspired and connected. Natural Awakenings is available throughout the city, as well as suburban Cook, Lake, and McHenry counties. And it's free. Or visit us at nachicago.com. Natural Awakenings. Feel good. Live simply. Laugh more. Everybody sing. Attack of the killer tomatoes. Attack of the killer tomatoes. They'll beat you, bash you, squish you, mash you, chew you up for brunch, and finish you off for dinner or lunch. Okay, welcome. Is there a relative attack of the killer asparagus? I believe there is, and you can go to AroundTheBlockPress.com. And pick up a copy of Attack of the Killer Asparagus, penned by that that brilliant writer. Mike uh, Novak. I, um, uh, okay. I'm glad you came up with the name. I couldn't. <laughs> uh, welcome back to the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. We've got Dan Gibbs, the backyard vegetable farmer. And we still we got a short segment and a lot to get out here. Uh, one of the things I wanted to call attention to, I, I, there's, and we, we got to track this down because I got this at the last Master Gardener meeting. Um, that I went to, um, and it's the vegetable planting dates that our, uh, extension service in Cook County puts out. It's got annual flower planting dates on one side and vegetable planting dates on the other. And it's for our zone 5B to 6A, basically. Um, but that you could use this as a rough out. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a lot of our listeners who are in those zones and it has, you know, the cool season crops like asparagus crowns. Now, of course, there are, perennial and that's a different story altogether but brussels sprouts which i've not quite mastered yet i've grown them but i've not quite mastered how to get them to produce the kinds of sizes of the brussels so you're nodding is that difficult i I wound up with marbles (laughs) you know the the issue you find with brussels sprouts and i i grew brussels sprouts uh, sprouts quite a bit as a fall crop because Mm -hmm. you really do need a long amount of time to to get those large sprouts. Um, at the same time, Brussels sprouts are a real heavy feeder, and so yeah. you know you know you need to amend your soil 
while the the crop is in the ground, and you really do have to give it a lot of time. Uh, and there's cabbage, collard, kohlrabi, leek, lettuce, mustard greens, and then we get the frost-tolerant beets, broccoli, carrot, cauliflower, chard, Chinese cabbage, the tender, warm season vegetables, snap beans, corn, uh, and then the warm-loving vegetables, um, beans, cucumber, eggplant, gourds, muskmelon, and uh, okra pepper. Potato, pumpkin, squash, watermelon. I missed some of them. because Oh, my gosh. They've got so many here. Uh, that gives you an idea. Uh, and what we should do is track this down and, yeah, and put it online because I love this handout. Yeah. Um, I'll see if I can do that and we'll put it online. Well, okay. Well, your other tenet, though, is grow what you like. So if you don't like Brussels sprouts, right. don't that, grow them. That, and that's, the, uh, that's exactly the thing. I think people really enjoy gardening when they think about what it is that they want to eat. So rather than thinking your garden, you know, it's garden season, I need a tomato, a cucumber, um, you know, a pepper plant, there's no right or wrong way to do it. And if you have a shady garden, you know, tomatoes, peppers, eggplants may not be in your future, but you can still grow quite a, quite a few things that are great to eat and your family might like. Uh, real quick, Big Green is, uh, again, having their um, their plant a seed day this week. They are uh, a national organization that is planting school gardens. They've had a, they've planted 180 school gardens in Chicago. The goal is to get over 200. You've been part of that, haven't you? What do you do? That's correct. I'm a garden educator for Big Green, and Big Green is a um, is a national organization. Mm -hmm. You know, and they've got a mission to build a healthier future for kids by connecting them to real food through a nationwide network of learning gardens and food literacy programs. So specifically here in Chicago, we're shooting for 200 um, gardens by this spring, specifically at CPS schools. And at those schools, you know, Big Green and their garden educators, we teach teachers um, how to incorporate good food and growing into the curricula, you know, that the CPS students are learning. Mm -hmm. Okay. And another group, and by the way, uh, you know, 180 gardens in Chicago, but they got gardens in Denver and they got them in other places in the country and, and, and it's, it's really starting to take off. Uh, you're also part of the uh, Austin green team. That, that's true. And this is um, an urban agriculture group. That's, that's especially dear to my heart because here is a, a group in the Austin neighborhood, and um, I live in Galewood, which is technically in the Austin neighborhood. But the this group of gardeners, um, you know, they've been running the Austin Green Team for over 20 years. They have, you know, six city lots that, you know, used to be dilapidated buildings or blighted properties that they've moved into, you know, some of, you know, you know, some of the prettiest gardens I've seen in the city. And, you know, they, they manage these as a way to keep the Austin neighborhood beautiful and kind of make the neighborhood that they live in something, a place that they're really proud to be. It's, it's really great. So congratulations on that. Okay. I wanted to get to this question I mentioned earlier. My friend Mac had asked at your talk and it was about, let's say you got a raised bed and it's four by eight. And last year you grew half of it, uh, potatoes. Whoa. The buzz just went away it's there. Back. Oh, it's back. Okay. It's her mic. It's your mic, Peggy. 
I'm going out for breakfast. Wow, that was interesting. Anyway, uh, and she said, you got a raised bed four by eight and half of it you grew potatoes last year and you want to grow potatoes on the other side, but you're not supposed to put the same families year after year in a bed like that. Uh, first question is, she said, could you move it to the, the other half and would that be a problem? And you basically said, probably not because it's not like it all leaches over from one side, right? Because you're, you're worried about diseases and pests that, uh, get attracted to a site because you grow the same plant over and over again. That, and that's correct. And, uh, you know, potatoes specifically being in the nightshade family. And so that's uh, with tomatoes, with tomatoes. eggplant. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And yep. these are, uh, this is a family of plants that you do want to move around the garden because they bring in a very specific type of pest, uh, and disease, but it affects the whole family. So, you know, let's say you have, tomatoes in a spot and you, you know, got a powdery mildew or a wilt or, you know, some type of disease, anything in that family, there's a potential for the, you know, that disease to be in because your soil. Because spores are still there because the chemical nature or the biological nature of what you planted before is, has a residue and it, it goes from season to season. And that's it. And it, and it affects members of the same family. Right. But, but if you do, you know, if you do have a four by eight, you know, like your friend was speaking and you are able to just move it over where there, there will be a chance, a chance that you may have the same insect pest. You can protect for that, but you won't have the same soil borne issues that you would have if you kept it in the same area. All right. A corollary to that question. And we just got a couple of minutes here. Corollary is, uh, let's say you got a small space in a yard and you really want to grow tomatoes uh, and you know, you're not supposed to grow them the same place over and over again. What if, if you amend the soil constantly, let's, so, so for the new year, you you put in a lot of amendments. Does that help at all? Or are you still going to be in trouble? You know, it does help. Uh, you know, anything you can do to improve your soil is going to help and you, and you shouldn't discount that. Um, if, you know, because people do have a fixed area to grow in oftentimes, what you're going to want to do is, is protect the plant from those soil borne diseases that you may have. So put a layer of something between the plant and the soil. If there are any, you know, diseases or mildews or anything in your soil, it's when that soil is splashed up on your plant that it gets into your plant. So mulch around your tomato plant or add mm-hmm. the, you know, some type of layer where you keep the soil where it belongs when it's raining or being irrigated. And that'll help. You know, you, you don't want to think that you can't, um, plant the same thing in the same spot it's just it's not necessarily ideal but people have a fixed space to grow in and you got to make do with what you, you have you got your son yeah. where you got your son that's it yep. you know and sometimes and in in the city and often in the suburbs there's not a whole lot of places you have you don't have a lot of options um so and one way you can change that is to put raised beds above uh, where you did or or containers, you know, and not put it directly into the soil and put something else there for a year and change the biology and change the nature of the soil. All right. Uh, there's so much more. I, you know, we, we could go on for a few hours. Uh, uh, Dave, thank you so much uh, for, for coming in. The Backyard Farmer, go to Chicago, backyardfarmer.com. You got to come back. We'll talk some more. I'd love to. Thank okay. you. Okay. Uh, We talk more good food next. The Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. 
Captain's log, Stardate 42326.1. The Enterprise is under attack by an apparently hostile life form. Mr. Wolf, status report. They appear to be perambulating vegetables. We are being stalked by stalks of asparagus. That is incorrect, Mr. Wolf. Mr. Data, be more specific. Asparagus officinalis, or killer asparagus, was the subject of a very popular 21st century tome by the brilliant author Mike Novak. Mike Novak. I'm familiar with his work. Of course. Attack of the Killer Asparagus is required reading at Starfleet Academy. Tell me more, Mr. Data. He has been variously compared to Mark Twain, Dave Barry, and Gwynok of Ninglador. Captain, shields are failing. Thank you, Mr. Wolf. Mr. Data, options. Captain, it seems to be available online at aroundtheblockpress.com. What do they have to say? Hmm. It appears that Mike Novak is a slapstick every gardener, taking all our self-delusions, mishaps, and confusions, and playing them for big laughs. That's not very helpful, Mr. Data. No, it is, however, highly accurate. Welcome to the second hour of the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. This hour is brought to you by Bartlett Tree Experts. Every tree needs a champion. Go to Bartlett.com. Here they are again, Peggy Malecki and Mike Novak. All I need is good food to eat and make me healthy, wealthy, wide awake. Lettuce, tomatoes, root and bacon. What about those sweet potatoes? All I need is good food to eat. All I need is good food to eat. Welcome All back to the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. And that's the theme mm-hmm. for the Good Food Expo for our show. Yes. That's how we started it. It, it started uh, a couple of years ago where we played that for some of the, the promos we did for the show. And uh, it's okay. You can take that out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, now it's become sort of a, it's the, uh, it is. <laughs> it's, it's it's ongoing. It's just going to go on forever. Okay. Uh, Andrew's getting into it. He likes that I know, song. I know, I know you like it, Andrew. And and did you bring the donuts? No, I did. Not oh, today, you, no. See, Andrew, you just let us down again. So I know. One more day. Peggy had to step up and bring the donuts. So there you go. One of these days, though, Andrew will come through for us, and then we'll all keel over. Uh, we got a lot of stuff to get through uh, before we bring in. I was, wow. I was mentioning the theme for the Good Food Expo because in the next segment we have Jim Slama, who is Mr. Good Food Expo. He is uh, waiting out in the lobby in patiently. In studio. Holy smoke. He's not even just on the phone, so I'm so glad he's here. Uh, you start. Okay, lots and lots of stuff coming up. For us, the next two weeks, for everybody in the next two weeks, it's going to be really busy. Chicago Flower and Garden Show starts this week. We will be there March 19th, the evening, for the Evening in Bloom opening gala. Um, Which is one of the reasons I have these things. Chicago Excellence in Gardening Awards, if you're watching us on Facebook Live at the Mike Novak Show. I'm going to cover up my face. That's a really good place. so. So watch Facebook Tuesday night. You'll be seeing us do some promos for the show. And a live broadcast next Sunday... March 24th, we will be broadcasting live from the Flower Show at yes. here. So you can come down, watch the show, and uh, yeah, enjoy the and, garden. And be part of the, part of the program if you want to be. Uh, and, of course, the uh, we'll be talking about it in a second, so I'll wait till we get to uh, Jim Slama in the studio. But we're going to be at the Good Food Expo this week as well. But then in a couple of weeks, we got a really big deal coming up. Uh, at the Wild Blossom Meadery Winery and Brewery, 9030 South Hermitage in Chicago. Uh, 
And there's thanks to Audrey. <laughs> everything Aud- happened. Audrey, that Audrey day. Fisher has 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 put a little bit of everything into this thing. There is a honey run, a honey fun run. Is that what they're calling it now? Mm-hmm. From about seven forty-five to, to eight forty-five in the Dan Ryan Woods down there, which is part of the uh, the Forest Preserve. Uh, Cook County Forest Preserve District. And uh, after that, we do our live show from 9 to 11. And you'll be able to get goodies. You'll be able to get mead uh, a la carte. We're going to have guys from uh, Bartlett Tree Experts there to give tree advice. We're giving away seedlings. We're giving away mm-hmm. tree seedlings. And this is this part of it is all free. Okay. Uh, at you, this, you can order food, but that's extra. We're going to have... Uh, Extension's going to be there. The extension is going to be there. Uh, the Cook County Forest Preserve District is going to be there. going to be talking about conservation at home and how you can get involved. Our friend Val Kehoe, who's also part of Chicago Excellence in Gardening Awards, is going to be there, uh, along with Nina Baki, who's also part of SEGA and with the Forest Preserve District. And they are going to be there to talk about those programs. So we've got all kinds of advice going on. And then... After that, there is the honey tasting. Um, there's the, the Bee Charmer Honey and Mead Tasting with uh, 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 Carrie Schloss. She's going to be there uh, talking about uh, honey and signing her book, The Asheville Bee Charmer Cookbook. She was on the show a few months ago. Right. And so uh, that one, that part of it, if you want to come to the, because you're going to taste all kinds of different varietals of honey. Uh, that's 20 bucks. So really it's nothing because you're going to get uh, some uh, honey recipes and you're going to get dishes and, and some mead and, and a little bit of everything. Uh, and a meadery and, tour. And that starts at 1130. So everything starts about 745, goes to, I don't know, one or two, uh, including a live show, the Mike Novak show with Peggy Malecki. And you can come to that, as we said, for free. And uh, we're going to have a, an event Post it on Facebook soon so that you can uh, plug that and, and be part of it uh, again Saturday. I'm sorry, Sunday, March 31st, Wild Blossom Meadery, Winery and Brewery, 9030 South Hermitage in Chicago. Uh, stand by for that. You can order tickets uh, for the afternoon or, or for the 1130 with, with Chef Carey if you go to wildblossommeadery.com. All right. And then uh, I'll let you talk uh, community, Chicago Community Gardener Association. Oh, and the day before that, March 30th, is the seventh annual conference for the Chicago Community, Chicagoland Community Gardener Association. The theme is Gardening and Adapting to Climate Change. And we'll be doing some Facebook Live from there. Um, it's at the Breakthrough Family Plex, 3219 West Carroll Avenue in Chicago. More information at chicagocommunitygardens.org. And uh, we'll be also promoting Chicago Excellence in Gardening Awards. We're just getting rolling with that. If you live in the city of Chicago and you want to enter your garden, uh, you can go to uh, chicagogardeningawards.org. We're not taking applications yet, but it will happen right at the beginning of April. Uh, But you can see some of the awards from last year. That's that's where this sign comes Mm -hmm. in. And that sign is heading to Navy Pier tomorrow. Tuesday uh, with the photos of uh, of some of the gardens and some of the awards and uh, and you can see it at the Learn to Grow Garden uh, and of course uh, one more time hold up the uh, look for this logo because that's the new logo for 2019 that Kathleen Thompson put together give her a ding there we go uh, great stuff okay. woo right. coming up Jim Slama uh, yeah uh, from the Good Food Expo 
that happens this week as well on Friday and Saturday. Peggy and I are going to be there, and we're going to tell you all about it on the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. So stick around. Hey, Chicagoland, when you want the best science-based tree care in the area, go to Bartlett Tree Experts. With locations in Barrington, Naperville, Chicago, and Northbrook, Bartlett has 80 tree care professionals ready to do what's right for your tree and you. Whether it's your home or your business, a large job or a small one, every tree needs a champion. Call Bartlett for a free estimate. Go to Bartlett.com. If spring is right around the corner, so is the Chicago Flower and Garden Show at Navy Pier. From March 20 through 24th, the world of literature springs to life at Flower Tales. The story grows on. There are display gardens, culinary demonstrations, kids' activities, potting parties with William Moss, the garden boss, even craft beer tasting and nightly live music. It's all designed to educate, inspire, and motivate the next generation of gardeners. Once again, we're broadcasting live on Sunday morning. Go to chicagoflower.com. DNR Services Unlimited has been serving the north and northwest suburbs since 1992. They can take care of those little problems that never get done. They perform complete bathroom, basement, and kitchen remodels. And if you're looking for a complete home makeover, they can handle that too. Visit their website at RestoreTheNorthShore.com or give them a call at 847-998-1687. That's RestoreTheNorthShore.com or give them a call at 847-998-1687. It'll be easy to find someone cheaper, but a lot harder to find someone better. You can enjoy fresh local food all winter long at indoor farmer's markets hosted by different Chicagoland houses of worship on select Saturdays and Sundays from now through April 6th. Your purchase of sustainably produced foods helps support regional farm families. The markets are organized by Faith in Place, a nonprofit which inspires people of all faiths to care for the earth through education, connection, and advocacy. For a market schedule and more info, go to faithinplace.org. Hi, this is Ron Calgan from Mighty House. We're on every Saturday from 7 to 10 a.m. right here live on 1590 WCGO. I've never heard that version before. Yeah, that's, that's the techno version where we, we go, what, 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 what? And then it stops and then it goes, wow, okay, welcome back. Uh, and and here we are. These are the, the new digs there, uh, Jim Slama. Great new digs. It <laughs> was the studio leprechaun was and, doing and, and that, really, no that's, doubt. It's not the CD player's fault. It's my, my CD, I'm sure, because I burned it on my – I got to stop using CDs. I'm just so so 20th century <laughs> here. Uh, uh, welcome back to the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. We have Mr. Good Food Expo himself in the studio, and the last – couple of years that uh, you've been on the show we've done it via phone so we said come on down or come on up i don't know exactly where you live so maybe sideways maybe you went sideways sideways okay and uh jim slama is here and he's the guy who put familyfarmed.org together and started the good food expo which has not always been called the good food expo it uh and it's been in various locations but lately it has uh, shown up at UIC. And ten years at the UIC forum. Is it really ten wow. years there now? Yeah, I remember back in the day. I haven't covered every every single one, 
But I know I went to one at the Cultural Center. I know I went to one at Navy Pier. You guys floated around a little bit, and then you found this great home, uh, and it has worked out pretty well for you, hasn't it? It's been a good home, <clears throat> 15 years altogether, which is exciting. Which is, there we go, you get a ding for the 15-year anniversary of the Good Food Expo, which is so cool. And it, it's a milestone. You You must feel... Uh, pretty invigorated by that. The fact, you know, anytime anybody survives any organization longer than a decade, <laughs> you're doing pretty well. It's the way I look at it. No doubt about it. Yeah. <clears throat> and so here you are in the 15th year. And so let's talk about everything that's going to be happening at the expo. Last week we had Jason Hamill, who is your chef of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got to tell you, he's really engaging. I look at that photo you guys have him and he's very serious. He's Very serious. Way too serious. And good looking. And, yeah. Well, but he's actually better looking when he smiles. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, and and he was in the studio and he was quite engaging and friendly. Mm-hmm. And I want to say to him, get rid of that photo. It's way too serious. You need something uh, a little more friendly. It's a little artsy. Uh, it is. It is. Shot. Yeah. But, you know, he's a chef. He's, he's entitled to be a little artsy, right? <laughs> uh, but he's not the only chef. I mean, he was going to be honored by you guys. Um, and uh, he's not the only chef who's going to be there. You got You got a ton of them. Uh, uh, we do on the Blue Cross Blue Shield chefs at play stage, and and definitely let's give Blue Cross Blue Shield a, a ding there for for They're sponsoring. They're awesome, a great partner. Very interested in good food is good medicine, mm-hmm. which has been a thing we've been working on for the last few years at the expo. Mm-hmm. And uh, this year, we you know we've got chefs like uh, Joe Flam from Spiaggia who won Top Chef last year, and. Uh, my girlfriend Carla loves him. He's so engaging. Uh, well, he was. Uh, he had a win in Bravo TV's Top Chef season fifteen. He did, and uh, so we're excited to to bring him in and Erling Wu Bauer, whose restaurant uh, Pacific Standard Time is super hot as well. Um, that's uh, they're both mm-hmm. uh, Saturday morning. Uh, Dave Miller from Baker Miller's doing something on uh, the the grain with the grain collaborative, uh, focusing on local grain. So we we got some awesome yeah. shots. Sandra stuff. Hall, yes, indeed, from Floreal, which I love. Uh, <laughs> great place, and uh, she's uh, going to be working with Purple Asparagus. Exactly. Yes. Yeah, and I and 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 it's been a long time since I had the Purple Asparagus people on the show, but they've been around a while too. They've been doing our uh, chefs at, or the kids corner for. I don't know, probably 10 years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think they started yeah. with us in the beginning. And then uh, we've got Carolina Diaz. Uh, which is exciting. We've got a new partnership with Barilla, and uh, they're doing a cooking with a one-ingredient pasta, uh, which is, uh, I'm not sure if it's the lentil or garbanzo bean, but they've got, uh, actually, they've got two different lines of pasta. One's organic and one's conventional, but both are bean-based. Mm-hmm. And uh, so high protein, and uh, so that's going to be very exciting and, as well. And that's tying into your good food is good medicine. No track doubt about as well. it. Yep, which is uh, is uh, becoming kind of popular, I imagine. Uh, you know, I think we're all realizing that diet related disease is a big deal, and uh, the better you eat, the less likely is you're going to be sick. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> nah, come on, you, you're kidding me there. Oh, and, and 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 you're staring at the chocolate donuts here, right? so, but I haven't eaten one. <laughs> well, the Good. show's not over yet. Neither have I. <laughs> so uh, uh, I'm just looking at a lot of the just the food, saffron recipes, cultured and brine cheeses, 
uh, urban foraging, learn how to make plant-based meals, introduction to culinary medicine, so people can learn as well and not just listen. No question about it. And I, I think a lot of that's at the Organic Valley uh, Commons, mm-hmm. uh, where there's just, you know, little mini workshops going on throughout the course of the day, uh, which we're excited about. And um, so, yes. All right. So let's let's break this down because not everybody is going to go there for both days. Uh, I, You probably don't characterize it this way, but uh, you, can, you can leave mine up a little bit. Uh, you probably don't characterize it this way, but I call Friday the business day and Saturday the fun day. Uh, and, and there's business on, on, on Saturday and there's fun on Friday, but basically on Friday, this is where you're doing policy stuff. You're, you're working the business side of things. You're, you're teaching, uh, farmers how to do things right. And, 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 uh, so why don't you explain yourself how you think the, uh, the two days work together? And, and you're right. Friday is definitely business focused kind of trade show. Uh, connecting farmers and food producers with, you know, trade buyers, whether it be, you know, supermarkets like Whole Foods or Fresh Time or Mariano's or, um, you know, some restaurants, distributors, others. It's really about, you know, how do we make, um, help these local food producers become more successful? And, of course, access to buyers is a big part of that. Yeah. That being said, the you know, there's a lot of workshops. Uh, some are policy-focused, as you mentioned. Uh, and a lot of them are about, you know, how to support your food business, whether as a farm, you know, there's a lot of emphasis on growing grains organically and regenerative agriculture is a big part of it. Mm -hmm. Uh, but you know, and also raising money for your business, whether you're a farmer, you know, who's looking maybe for opportunities with, you know, government sources of funding, uh, to investors who have been investing in good food businesses, uh, you know, talking about how to be successful as an entrepreneur raising money. Mm-hmm. So, you know, all different types of, of business-focused uh, workshops that day, you know, as well as vendors. But this is open to anybody. You don't have to be in the food business. No question about it. it well, and a lot of people come who are interested in the food mm-hmm. business, uh, you know, and just want to learn more. And, you know, maybe they're thinking about changing careers or maybe they're thinking about moving into food as a, as a career. Uh, you know, uh, Carla's daughter, Lucy, is going to come. She's uh, a senior in college. And it's like, hmm, I need a job. Uh, maybe I should go and talk to some folks and learn. And, you know, you never know what kind of connections will arise. And you do uh, a number of awards uh, during the Friday. And by the way, if you're going to Friday, you have to pay to get in. Okay, because it's 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 a it's a business deal. Basically, you want to learn about this, get in there. But on the festival on Saturday, you don't have to pay, but you do need to register. So you can go to uh, goodfoodexpo.org or you can go to my website, MikeNovak.net. I've got all the links there. Uh, but on Friday, you're you're giving out uh, awards like the Good Food Leadership Awards and um, the Farmer of the, Farmer Year. Of the Year Award. Yep. And the chef of the year doesn't come till later. You've got a reception after the whole day. Right. right. Jason will be there for the reception then. He's going to do a demo. We're going to honor him, uh, which is exciting as well. And then have a party. You know, why not? It is uh, it is all about good food and good parties. I, I kind of miss Localicious, but there. I know. That was a great <laughs> party. But it was so much work. I, oh, no, I imagine. I, believe me, I 
I understand completely why you might have said, you know, that's just like one step too many to take because you're you're drawing together so many disparate elements here into two days. It's mm-hmm. crazy. It's a uh, lot. It is. Um, and and not only that, you got movers and shakers. You've got the the uh, the opening symposium uh, where you're going to celebrate. On, this is again on Friday. You're going to celebrate. Uh, 15 years of good food and and some pretty fancy people you have to uh, bring into this. We're we're really excited to bring Walter Robin, former uh, co-CEO of Whole Foods. You know, Whole Foods launched this with us 15 years ago. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, Walter, just a real visionary and leader in this movement. So, you know, we'll have Walter on stage. Uh, And somebody else I'm thrilled to honor is Arthur Neal, who's been with the USDA for 20-some years. Uh, he's going to be getting the Good Food Advocate Award, and and Arthur's just a real amazing person. Well, going going uh, stopping there and talking about the the buy-in you've gotten from different organizations. You talk about USDA, but you have to ha- obviously you have to have them on board to do this. You wouldn't be 15 years down the road unless USDA was somehow involved. City of Chicago uh, and other regional. Authorities, can you talk a little bit about about how, what kind of support you've gotten? Um, you know, well, you know, f- I think four years ago, Steve Koch, who at that time was the deputy mayor of Chicago, came and you know we talked to him about good food purchasing, and uh, I think we really engaged the city because you know he was very close to the mayor, and uh, lo and behold, you know, a year and a half later, they passed the good food purchasing program, and I think you know. You know, we weren't the, mm-hmm. the chief advocates behind that. It was the Food Policy Council and Growing Power and others, but it helped. And, you know, so getting their ear, I think, was an important element of that. And they're going to be talking about that. And, you know, it's a huge opportunity to get uh, city agencies. And, you know, we were the uh, Chicago Public Schools partner God, mm-hmm. seven, eight years ago in launching their local food purchasing program. And, and now, you know... I think they've been a model in this good food purchasing program, and now there's opportunity to take it into other agencies, which is mm-hmm. great. And, and, and right, and and like you say, you might not have been the group that made that happen, but you're one of the groups mm-hmm. that made it happen. You know, I think it's all about collaborating, and in this case, you know, there are a lot of folks that are pushing it, and and it happened. So, for our listeners who might not be familiar with that program. In a nutshell. In a nutshell, basically, it uh, encourages city agencies to buy local food. And there's a set of standards. That, that, that's crazy talk. What do you... <laughs> I know. It's all, isn't it awesome? Uh, you know, so that I'm, would be from local producers as well as local growers. Right. And, you know, and of course, distributors, because some of these agencies are pretty like CPS. They're big. Yeah. They need a lot of volume. Uh, they've been and they're also million. like the, been... the, you're, they're big. They're like the Titanic. It's hard to to turn those agencies around and get interested mm-hmm. and get their attention. You're waving your hands and going, you know, this is really important, but it, it sometimes takes a long time for that to happen. No doubt about it. Yep. And but it's starting to happen, which yeah. is great. And so that's a real opportunity for local producers. So I would think perhaps with the new administration in Springfield, some of the state policies may be changing as well. Um, there's definitely discussions about that. Also, there's a new farm bill, so you know, mm-hmm. I'm talking about what the ramifications of that are. Yeah, and for the most part, I think that it turned out to be a decent bill. You know, there's still lots of subsidies for 
you know, large-scale, genetically engineered corn and soybean you farmers. Mean, you mean lots of sub- subsidies for same old, same old? Uh, yes, but there's M- also— crop subsidies, yes. Yes, but there's also a lot for, you know, good things like— Are, are, are uh, we, okay, are we producers. moving fast enough in that direction? Mm, we can move faster. I would think. Uh, you know, you mentioned uh, Springfield. Uh, Peggy brought up Springfield, actually. And uh, one of the things that's going on right now, and yet this is peripheral, but it has caught our attention, is this: there's going to be a debate about growing local in your backyard in the hoop house debate. Have you you've heard about this? I have not. Okay. Nicole Virgil is a woman who, and her family, they put up a hoop house in Elmhurst. And um, they fought with the city for years to leave it up. And the city said, no, you, you can't have that here. And, you know, it might have been the size. It might have been who knows what else. Uh might have been a cranky neighbor. Um, but the the city kind of dug it in its heels and said, no, you're not going to do this. Mm-hmm. And they said, OK, we're going to the state. And, we're, and, and they had a committee hearing this past week. Mm-hmm. And apparently... From what I hear now, there's some behind-the-scenes negotiations yeah. going on because they got state legislators saying, we're going to yank your local prerogative if you don't uh, play nice. Looking at a House Bill 1612. Yeah, and that's kind of interesting. And uh, Tom uh, Cullerton's behind that. And uh, so, and, Eddie, a, and, and a Senate bill, 1675. So it's... There's a couple going... of bills. And, you know, and I'm not a... I'll be really honest. And we're going to have Nicole on the show along with Laura Calvert on the April 7th to talk about that kind of thing. And specifically those bills and you know, the right to grow food in your own backyard. And if you guys don't stand for that at Good Food Expo, I don't know who does. We definitely do. <laughs> yeah. Uh, now, I'm not a fan of uh, preemption bills that take away local authority. So I would say to the folks in Elmhurst, yeah, it would be really good if you just uh, settled this before it becomes state law, because often those bills are, they have unintended consequences. And it's a very interesting subject. Uh, we're talking to Jim Slama, who is the guy who started the good, what, what's your official title? Uh, CEO of Family Farm, founder of Good Food Expo. Okay. CEO of Family Farm. Uh, you can go to familyfarm.org. You can go to goodfoodexpo.org. Yes, Peggy? Uh, and the Good Food Business Accelerator as well. Yes, that's uh, <clears throat> an exciting program but we launched And your CEO of that, too. Ago. Yes. <clears throat> Excuse so, me. I have a frog in my <laughs> Hey, have a chocolate donut. That'll take care of that right away. No, that's okay. Don't do that. Uh, your questions and comments are welcome at 877-711-5611. If, uh, but what we would tell you is... Go to the Good Food Expo. Uh, if if you can't go to the Friday and 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 you, you don't want to mm-hmm. spend the cash to go and learn a bunch of really good stuff about growing food, go on Saturday and just hang out with the vendors. And when we're going to take a break in a few seconds, when we come back, we'll talk more about that. But basically, Saturday the energy is palpable. You walk in there and everybody's showing wares and talking about techniques and sustainability. There are seminars. There's people at tables. Uh, and there's Pe- food to eat. Peggy and I. Will We'll be there uh, with our table for the mm-hmm. Mike Novak show, and we'll be talking to, yeah, lots of food to eat as well. And you got great tips. I've walked away from there many times mm-hmm. with seeds and plants and food and whatever else. All right, we'll talk more about that when we come back. It's the Mike Novak show with Peggy Malecki. Did you know that enough plastic is thrown away each year to circle the earth four times? 
In a Green Diva Minute, you'll learn more and be on your way to living a deeper shade of green. Plastic doesn't biodegrade, at least not in 500 to 1,000 years. Between the islands of plastic, the size of countries floating around in the oceans, and the negative effects of it on wildlife and humans, we need to find ways to reduce and reuse plastic. So say no to plastic bags. Remember to bring your reusable ones when you shop. Recycle whatever plastic you can. Too much recyclable plastic ends up in the landfills. Extend the life of plastic items by finding clever ways to upcycle and reuse them. I'm Green Diva Meg. Find more useful Green Diva podcasts, videos, and of course, lots of low-stress ways to live a deeper shade of green at thegreendivas.com. This is Mike Novak. Serious and even not so serious gardeners in the Chicago area know that there's a year-round resource that always comes in handy, Chicagoland Gardening Magazine. It's the garden magazine for our region, and it's packed with information about plants indoors and out. Every issue contains insightful articles by gardening pros, fantastic photos, science, and more. With features like what to do in the garden, design tips, and Chicagoland natives, you're going to be ready to grab a trowel and dig. Even I have a column in the inside back page of every issue. It's practically fact-free, and I'm proud of it. Chicagoland Gardening Magazine, a publication of state-by-state gardening magazines. Go to chicagolandgardening.com and get a subscription. If you're in other parts of the Midwest or the South, try one of the 21 magazines in those regions by going to statebystategardening.com or call 888-265-3600. I was blinded by the devil, born already ruined Stone cold dead as I stepped out of the womb By his grace I have been touched By his word I have been healed By his hand I've been delivered By his spirit I've been sealed I've been saved Ah, it's always a good sign when uh, Bob Dylan has been saved (laughs) Welcome back to the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki Uh, We've got Jim Slama in the studio. We're talking about this year's 15th anniversary of the Good Food Expo. It's at the UIC Forum, uh, downtown Chicago. Basically, you can get there any – it's easy. Uh, You can can park nearby. You can take the train. You can take the bus. Uh, it's It's a great location. And as I was just saying, there's a lot of energy there. One of the things that uh, uh, is going to happen on that uh, Saturday, and uh, Peggy and I are very excited about this, um, is the soil testing that's going to happen. And I know uh, really in, in the scheme of things, it's just a small part of what you're doing, but it's sort of indicative of the kinds of stuff that you can find at the Good Food Festival on, on Saturday. Um, and it is uh, the University of Illinois and Illinois Extension and Advocates for Urban Agriculture uh, are doing soil testing. You bring in your soil sample. They'll check it for heavy metals and for other things. Um, and they're doing they're mapping out uh, a grid of the Chicago area mm-hmm. uh, where the hot spots are and that sort of thing. And they're going to find there's a hot spot in my backyard. So because uh, I've got a, an old house that had lead paint and. I've had it tested before, and so uh, I'm kind of curious now because the last time I had it tested was about a dozen years ago. So now I'm going to bring it in to Andrew Marginot, uh, who's from the University of Illinois. He was here on the show back in February. Right, and we 
we interviewed him at the Good Food Expo last year. He had his, he's got this little gun. It looks like a phaser. It's really, it's, <laughs> it's kind of cool because in the old days you had to give the soil sample. They take it to this, this, uh, lab and it would take days to, to get the test. Mm-hmm. Now he points the gun at it and he gives you a rough idea of what's in there. And that is the technology is, is stunning. So you can take your sample in and then they'll keep it and they'll do further testing on it. But you can take your soil sample in there. He points the phaser at it and says, okay, yeah, mm-hmm. it, like you brought yours in last year, yeah. Peggy. And hers was pretty clean. You know, she lives in Highland Park where all the rich people well, are. A, so, well, uh, I have I, a brick home and not – so there was no paint. <laughs> oh, okay. The brick home. Yeah, that's much better. But it than, could come from the neighbors. Yes, it could. Or or if the garage was painted. Or, or if something, something else had been there at one point. Yeah. And, uh, and, uh, I, mine, I'm sure I'm, I'm kind of dreading it, but I really want to know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, we've got the link yeah. there and that happens That's, the whole day. Well, which from 11 to four. Right. Oh, okay. From 11 to four. Uh, but the uh, festival goes from 10 to five and, uh, and believe me, there's going to be a lot of people. So I have a question for Jim after yeah. 15 years and Thousands, if not millions of people coming through. For someone who's never been there, how do you keep from getting overwhelmed on Saturday? Where do you start? What should they plan on? Well, check out the website and see what kind of workshops or chef demos you want. So kind of plan that out. Uh, chef demos are on the main floor uh, where also there's you know, over 100 vendors and you know, opportunity to, to, to eat and purchase food, buy food from vendors. Uh, or other products, uh, and, you know, just walk around and connect with people. Uh, and then, you know, there's the Organic Valley Commons, lots of workshops there. Again, they're all listed on the web. Mm-hmm. So you can kind of see, oh, I, soil testing is here, or, you right. know, whatever it may yeah. be in terms of, uh, you know, composting or, you know, lots of other chickens, you know, growing chickens, things like that. Uh, and then upstairs, uh, we've got a lot of programming around good food is good medicine, food is mood. You know, some of the leading doctors uh, in Chicago practice mm-hmm. integrative medicine uh, or, you know, with nutritionists and others. We've got a, uh, a panel, actually both days. On Friday, we have a panel on, on, on hemp, more from a growing kind of business opportunity because it's, especially with CBD, it's, it's mm-hmm. growing wild, literally. Illinois used to be the largest hemp-producing state in America. Let's see if we can bring some of that back. Uh, and then on Saturday, there's a panel looking at CBD and hemp mm-hmm. from a health perspective, yeah. sure. uh, which is huge, somewhat controversial. FDA hasn't said a word other than we're looking at this. But um, a lot of people are using it and getting anecdotal evidence saying, you know what, this is really working for me. I think there's some science out there. Uh, but anyway – booming movement so be able to hear for some mm-hmm. from some real experts on that as well and uh, how about for kids uh well and you know with purple asparagus is doing the kids corner with you know all kinds of activities you know, geared towards our our younger attendees <laughs> uh so you know they'll be there and, and it is kid friendly uh it is a kid friendly place there's strollers and and you know wider aisles and everything else, so a uh, good opportunity to to make a a family day and it's free, which is you know kind of unique these days. yeah, I was looking at the uh, Saturday festival schedule here uh and there's also chefs you've got you got chefs both days you've got uh uh Jason Hamill getting his award on 
on on Friday, but on Saturday you've got the Blue Cross Blue Shield Chefs at Play stage. What happens at Chefs at Play? Uh, they do demos. You know, we we um, spelled them out a little earlier, but you know, go see Joe Joe Flam do a demo, and you know he'll be you know teaching you on stage uh, about making a dish, and then they sample, which is always nice. Oh yeah. Uh, especially, you know, going to Spiaggia can cost you a couple of bucks. So <laughs> here's your opportunity to have some Spiaggia food, you know, without dropping a few hundred dollars and going for a meal. Yeah. And, no and, wine, though. Uh, no, oh, oh, wow. That was <laughs> okay. Well, that's the, the Friday party, though. That's right. Uh, that's right. Uh, and, and, and we've mentioned some of these uh, other things before. So you got the chefs at play stage. You got the good food is good medicine. You've got organic Valley good food commons, make your own, the organic Valley good food commons, grow your own, compost your own, raise your own. Uh, you've got the test your soil. So a little bit of everything, pretty much if you're interested in food, growing food, mm-hmm. uh, eating good food. Uh, being healthy, this is the place to be on Saturday. No doubt about yeah, it. If you're looking to sign up for a community-supported agriculture or a CSA. We've got a whole uh, farmer pavilion, so mm-hmm. you can meet some farmers who have CSAs, talk to them, kind of compare, get to know them a little bit, what their growing style is, what their methodologies, you know, if they're organic or regenerative or, you know, those kind of things. So it's a nice thing to, to actually have those conversations if that's mm-hmm. something you're interested in. Can I sucker punch you here and uh, and uh, ask you if there's anything that comes to mind of unintended consequences of what you've been doing for 15 years? Since this is a kind of a milestone occasion, there's got to be something that comes out of it that you didn't expect at all. Is there anything that, that pops into your head? Well, you know, 15 years ago, this is all about making markets for farmers because I recognize that there was no trade show uh, and without a trade show, you don't have an industry. So, you know, we had 50 tables mm-hmm. at Kendall College right. and 300 people came. A lot of them were buyers and they all started doing business. It was like, wow, this this works. And so then we expanded <laughs> it. We added a consumer side uh, because we also recognized, hey, let's get people together. And when you bring people together, then, you know, lots of mm-hmm. new stuff come out of it. You know, and then it just evolved. Ten, you know, ten years ago, we launched our financing conference because you know we recognized a lot of these businesses were growing and they didn't have access to capital. Banks didn't understand them. Investors, a, a, were a lot not of times, investing. they still don't. They still don't. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, we launched our Good Food Financing and Innovation Conference partnership with the University of Chicago Business School, and boom, that's turned into a huge hit. And, and that. You know, it came out of a University of Chicago conference the year before on food. The woman who was running that, Linda Dara, she ran their entrepreneurial program. And <clears throat> I was so excited. I was like, this is great. You know, there's a big need for financing. Uh, next year at your food conference, can I do a financing track? She's like, no, nah, next year I'm doing an education conference. Why don't you do it the first day of your expo and I'll be your partner, which is like, wow, University of Chicago Business School partner on a financing <laughs> conference? Sure. So, you know, we launched it and, you know, and we lucked out. This is right when Barack Obama was elected president and uh, Kathleen Merrigan was appointed the new deputy director of the USDA. So the number two, 
she was an old friend and so called her up. It's like, hey, Kathleen, you want to come and, you know, give a keynote at our first ever food financing conference? And she did. And, you know, having her, everybody wanted to come. She was a big name. And Woody Tash had just written the book Slow Money, which is how do we finance these food businesses with more patient capital? And he came, gave a keynote, and it was great. We had 300 people, didn't do a deal, but um, we knew we had something, kept doing it. Next year, Slow Fig, a uh, angel group emerged. And then since then, you know, it's turned into a really major conference. Now it's standalone. Uh, but, you know, businesses have raised $80 million coming out of that conference, which is you know, a huge amount of money. And so really helped to, to just build this good food financing movement here. Uh, and, but then we also recognized, you know, there's a need for technical assistance for these entrepreneurs. A lot of them aren't astute business people. So uh, five years ago, actually six years ago on stage with Rom and Walter Robb and the Whole Foods regional leadership team, uh, Bobby Turner and Michael Bashaw, we launched the Good Food Accelerator, which is uh, a basically an entrepreneur training program. Mm-hmm. And it's been a great program. We've got 35 graduates, 30 are still in business. You know, a lot of them are getting quite successful now. Uh, hook them up with capital, hook mm-hmm. them up with buyers. And so, uh, you know, the conference really led to a whole new progression in our nonprofit, you know, moving in this direction, as well as continuing the work with farmers and, you know, supporting them. But uh, it's been a great, great uh, move forward for us as an organization. I, I knew if we wound him up and turned him loose, he would <laughs> he would give us the backstory. No, and that's great stuff. Yeah. And see, and that's when I say the business, there's the business end and then there's the fun end. You're really focused on the business end, and that's a great thing, and I'm glad that that you are. Uh, I want to mention that Peggy and I are going to be there on Friday, uh, this Friday, which is March 22nd, and we're going to do what we've done for the last couple of years is we drag people off the stage, and we interview them for five to eight minutes, and we say, hey – Tell us what you just said, what's going on here, and then we post it live on Facebook, and that gives people uh, an idea of what's happening Mm -hmm. at the Friday version of the festival uh, or of the expo, and then they can come on Saturday and enjoy all of this, uh, all the food and all the fun. Uh, and so again, we will be there for most of the day. I don't even know what exactly what time we're going to start, but we're we're going to be there interviewing folks. And then we'll be there on Saturday too. Uh, Yeah, we got a table, and that. that's actually a relaxing day. I'm just hanging out. I'm gonna I'm gonna do what everybody else does. Is I'm gonna stand at the table for a while, and then I'm gonna go into the uh, the market area and just and go get some good food. To and, eat. Right, maybe watch a chef demo and just just have some fun. Uh, Jim Slama, congratulations! 15 years. Go to uh, goodfoodexpo.org. We will see you on Friday and Saturday. Great to be here. Thank you both. We'll be right back. This is Mike Novak. Are you ready to take your indoor gardening to the next level? You need to download the Anywhere, Anytime Garden Booklet from HappyLeafLED.com. You'll learn about lighting and troubleshooting and get advice from the pros about starting your seeds. Go to HappyLeafLED.com and click on the microphone to download the beta version. Your suggestions might be used in the final publication. HappyLeafLED.com. Your seedlings will thank you. 
Celebrate local, sustainable, humane, and fair food at the 15th Annual Good Food Expo. Connect with Midwest farmers and producers in the Good Food Marketplace. Learn from chefs like Erling Wu Bauer and Joe Flam and eat delicious food in the Good Food Court. Entry is free with online registration. The Good Food Commons is back, as is Test Your Soil. Good Food happens Saturday, March 23rd at the UIC Forum in Chicago. Go to goodfoodexpo.org. I didn't hear a word you said there, Jim, but that's okay, because I got my headsets on. We're looking at the photo of Andrew Marganot with his uh, soil testing phaser there. This week's blog. Yeah, you go to MikeNovak.net and and you'll see it there. Welcome back to the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. Uh, I assume we have Mr. DeMaio on the line. Good morning, Rick. Yeah, live from Dublin. (laughs) Dublin, Ohio. No, no. You saw that? Did you see that link I sent you of the um, of the Earth Cam of the pub in Ireland there in Dublin? Pretty cool, huh? I I I missed that. Okay, he, he's he's broadcasting. Uh, did you send it just now? Did you see it, Peggy? Oh, I I sent it about an hour and a half ago. Uh-oh. It's on your email. <laughs> an hour and a half ago, we were on the air, Rick. <laughs> but well, no, I, he, I'd like, you can still do that while you're on say, the air. I but there is a Dublin cam. On, you know? It's yep. it's not like you, when you're on the TV and you got people doing stuff for you. Uh, it's we're all here doing our own stuff. But it's the Dublin cam. Oh, and, there it is. I see it. Okay. And it's Dublin from the top of what building? Um, I don't know if it's called what building, but it's called <laughs> uh, the Temple uh, Bar. It's, it's at at, <laughs> at the top of the Temple Bar Pharmacy. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, and that's actually one of the more. Um, more one of the more uh, popular areas in Dublin uh, where people congregate on St. Patrick's Day. You know, we oftentimes hear about here in the United States, we over-celebrate. But, mm-hmm. man, you go to Dublin, they celebrate. I guarantee you probably 90% of those people um, in that photograph are, or that camera shot, as Peg was talking about, are probably not from Dublin or Ireland. <laughs> They're from elsewhere just to say, hey, we got in the shot. You oh, know, wow. Something like that. I, but, I, I, lots yeah. of people in green hats. Yeah, I'm looking at that. right. Okay, yeah. now I'm looking yeah. at it. Yeah, it's, it's, I'll post it on Facebook. It's, it's pretty goofy. Uh, I saw a, a TV report in Chicago yesterday, Rick, where was the mayor of some Irish city was was here in Chicago. And I thought, what are you doing in Chicago oh, when, yeah. when, when you yeah. should be in uh, in your own country? Uh, celebrating yeah, this. I think I think that was uh, the mayor from Cork, uh, because Cork and uh, Chicago are sister cities, probably because Cork and Cook, you know, kind of have the same almost, you know, kind of look to their names. But, um, think, you know, speaking of soil, what do you think the soil is like in parts of Ireland? Pretty, uh, Pretty pretty meaty, pretty um, pretty methaney, right? A lot of peat and that stuff. Quite possibly, I, I'd have to look it up. Yeah. I'd be interested in, uh, to know what the what the pH yeah. is, and uh, and that's yeah. probably very interesting. Oh yeah, find cool stuff and see you know what type of climate you know change they've seen there over the years. But um, one of the great things I don't know if you guys have ever been over to Dublin or London, mm-hmm. even in the middle of January. Um, you know, the grass is typically green, the bushes are green, the trees yeah. are not, because you need photosynthesis for that. But it, it really is interesting. You know, oftentimes people go when the weather is nice, but when you go during the off-season, um, you, you kind of get a little bit more perspective of, of how wonderful nature is. I think that's kind of cool. Yeah, and it's still in the 40s most of the time 
in even in January. Yeah, yeah, you're right, Peg. It, yeah, it never really cools down, um, and then sometimes it never really warms up. <laughs> so they, they they never really get the extremes that we get here. Yeah. And boy, talking about extremes, totally sunshine now across all of Chicago, but the southern tip of Cook County uh, got almost two inches of snow. Wow. Uh, parts of Joliet two to three inches. Parts of Kankakee four inches. Mm. And if you go just to the northern edge of Will County. Um, right around the Bolingbroke area, absolutely nothing. So you'll also see in that weather update that I sent you a narrow strip of snow about 100 miles wide and about 300 miles long with about a three- to four-inch band. That shows up so well this time of the year, especially at noon when the sun angle is so high Mm -hmm. and the ground where it's obviously not snowing or it didn't snow, it's dark, and where the snow is, it's completely bright. And what you can also see are the swelling rivers. I was actually in downtown Des Plaines last night. I was driving through. I didn't visit it for any reason. Uh, but that river is up to 15 and a half feet. Uh, it's really amazing, which is almost five feet above flood stage. So many of the rivers across Cook County, uh, up into Lake County, and obviously the Fox River out across portions of Kane, McHenry County, um, well above flood stage. Not record flood, but this shows you what happens when you get a lot of snow melt and just a little bit of rain in a short amount of time, you have flooding. And the only reason why it's not news is because we haven't had any really heavy rain. We had the decent rain over the last week, but it wasn't that two or three inch event. And boy, if you get three inches like that on top of what we have right now, you would go into major flooding. Well, we were talking earlier about the bomb cyclone, as they're calling it, that went across the middle of the country uh, and, right. and didn't some of that water from Wisconsin, would that be affecting the Des Plaines River as well? Oh, oh yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's funny because we, now we, you know, with social media and the ability to see stuff on the Internet all the time, you know, bomb cyclone is just something that occurs when you have a 24 millibar pressure drop in 24 hours. So it's basically a millibar per hour. And, we, you know, again, we've used these terms now for, I don't know, 50 years or so. Um, and this is the classic setup where you have a strong shortwave of energy moving in from the desert southwest and then another area of energy coming in from the Pacific northwest. So typically the only way that these things happen over the middle of the country is to have your subtropical and your polar jet basically combine at the exact same time mm-hmm. over a certain area. So you get massive amounts of air flowing upwards in all directions. The pressure lowers. Um, I think parts of western Kansas was down to 972 millibars, which is uh, almost like what a Category 2 hurricane wow. would be. And they actually had, yeah, they actually had Category 2 hurricane force winds pegged mm-hmm. across parts of Kansas and also Colorado. And what Mike was talking about is the snow melt, uh, which they had quite a bit of just until last Sunday. Uh, I drove across the state line. There was easily a foot of snow on the ground just east of Lake uh, Geneva. And not only that, but there was so much ice and so much uh, basically frozen ground Mm -hmm. that this water didn't actually melt into the surface. It went right into the river. So, Mm -hmm. uh, again, a lot of the stuff that we get from Wisconsin feeds into the Des Plaines, the Fox, and even the Chicago River as well. Especially the Um, Fox. This is mud season. Yeah, especially the Fox. So this is mud season. This is (laughs) flood season. And this is only the beginning of what appears to be uh, shaping up to be a very, very wet spring. Oh, really? Okay. What do you, what? Oh, God. <laughs> May not be getting those yeah, crops it, in early. <laughs> no, I, I don't think so at all, Peg. Matter of fact, some of the stuff that I sent you yesterday in that PowerPoint was kind of like a review of what we had over the wintertime, which was um, basically near-normal snowfall at O'Hare. 
48 inches up in Waukegan, 24 down at Kankakee. So we've seen that spread again and up to 41 inches, which is about four or five degrees, four or five inches uh, above average. But what's really interesting is we'll get into a dry pattern here for the next three or four days, get wet again by the end of the week, we'll warm up again. But you continue to see this deep trough developing out across the western United States, and this bodes really, really well for an exceptionally wet pattern for the second half of uh, March. Well, really not the second half, more so like the last week of March and most of April. And part of that moisture is going to come from not only a very, very active Pacific Ocean, but the Gulf of Mexico never really cooled down. Uh, and again, dew point temperatures well into the 60s and 70s. It looks like the fourth round of the TPC and Sawgrass, Mike, if you're interested, <laughs> will probably get rained out today. Really? Uh, that's right. I, I it, yeah, it look, it's very, very wet there today. Um, but other than that, it, lo- it definitely looks like we're going to get into a wet pattern. So not the best news for doing any gardening. So anything that you guys want to be able to tell your, your listeners about what to do from a standpoint of how to plan out their season, it definitely looks very, very wet beginning the end of March into most of the first half of April. Wow. Yeah, we talked about that earlier uh, with Dan uh, Gibbs, who I called Dave at the end of the interview. So uh, I'm busting myself here. I will, we'll fix that in the uh, the post here. So, uh, That's all right. No, no problem. No problem there, Matt. Give, <laughs> give us a quick forecast then. All right. So we got, we got rid of the snow. We have a lot of sunshine today, near 40, but that strong September sun will probably make it feel like 50. Uh, but staying kind of cool, low 50s for tomorrow and Tuesday, mid to upper 40s for Wednesday, mid 50s by Thursday. And as we head into Friday, Saturday, and Sunday of next week, probably low to mid 60s with some rain coming back at us. I think very, very confidently this was our last snow of the season. Yay! Okay, thanks, Rick. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk, talk to, you. to you guys later. All right, take care. Sounds good. Have a great week. Bye. Thanks to Dan Gibbs, who was in the studio, the Backyard Farmer, and, of course, Jim Slama from Good Food Expo. Until next time, go green or... Go home. Go home? Go home. Go home. Yes, it's over. How'd you like it? I don't know. I slept through the whole thing. Well, you didn't miss much. (laughs) 